the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I am a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And in addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am a Master of the Laws of Taxation Law, and I'm also a Master of the Laws of Intellectual Property Laws. Now, both of my great degrees that I've shared with you before come, came from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful city of San Francisco. Now, because of my training, my experiences, and my lifelong interest in money and finance, like most of us should, my practice primarily focuses on bankruptcy, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And as I've shared with you before, I also seek out and try to vindicate the rights of my senior clients when I find that they become victims of the very pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that are running rampant in our country today. So as always, I'm pleased to be able to come to you again today from my home, which I'm starting to feel real comfortable uh, recording from. And again, the purpose of this show is to share with you some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that may be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you at least a general outline of some of the issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help, be it legal help or financial help or both. Now, I do this because, as I'm known for saying, I believe representing yourself in a legal matter is like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. If you're lucky and your adversary is napping, you might be able to sneak up on her and scratch her in the arm or even poke her in the eye. And after you get out of jail, you're going to uh, find out that your righteous defense 
or your righteous claims against your adversary are going to see the promised land way before you do. So once again, I'm going to share with you the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money or the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you need to do to consider to protect your families or your businesses, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. So today, we're going to continue our discussion of small business bankruptcies. In the previous shows, we looked at the difference between Chapter 13 for individuals and the big mama Chapter 11. So we're going to compare the third leg today, which is this new kid on the block known as the Subchapter 5, Chapter 11. Again, just to level set, bankruptcy is the federal legal procedure that can be used by individuals and families. And bankruptcy is also available for both large and small businesses and state governmental units or subdivisions that are insolvent. That is to say, they owe more money than they're able to repay at the time uh, of the filing. Or another way to look at it, their liabilities are greater than their assets. As such, the bankruptcy process and the bankruptcy procedures, if filed for a legitimate reason, tend to at least temporarily slow down the debt collection process by our creditors, and it may allow qualified debtors to be released from some or all of her debt. However, bankruptcies can also be used by individuals, families, and large and small businesses and governmental units that may be solvent on paper. That is to say, their uh, assets are greater than their liabilities or at least equal to their uh, liabilities, but they lack sufficient liquidity to pay the debts as they come due. In the case of solvent debtors, they may seek the time uh, in the bankruptcy process to allow him, her, them, or it to gain the necessary liquidity to deal with some or all of their debts by selling some of their assets per se. Now, regardless of the cause of the financial distress or the insolvency, as the case may be, the laws concerning bankruptcy provide the remedy that is spelled out in Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution, which cedes to the United States Congress the power among other listed powers to establish uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States. And these uniform laws uh, on the subject of bankruptcy are currently manifest in the United States Bankruptcy Code, the Federal Rules of Bankruptcy Procedure, along with appropriate federal and state statutes and federal and state case law dealing with the relationship uh, between and the rights and duties of debtors and their creditors. Okay, so again, we're going to look at this new kid on the block I refer to as the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019, and it's also known as SBRA, Small Business Reorganization Act. Now, the SBRA was approved by Congress last year on August the 3rd, 2019, and it was signed into law by the president on August 23rd, 2019, and it took effect earlier this year on February 19, 2020. 
perfect timing for this new recession that we're in. Now, giving his rationale for moving the bill forward at its markup hearing back on July 11, 2019, Representative Gerald Nadler of New York, who chairs the Judiciary Committee, made the following statement. He said, the bankruptcy code uh, either directly or indirectly affects millions of Americans of all types of businesses from the largest to the smallest. Now, when the law works properly, it offers a critical economic second chance to individuals and businesses in financial distress. But various reforms are necessary to ensure that this critical goal of financial rehabilitation is effectively met. He went on to say, now turning to H.R. 3311, the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019, makes a series of reforms to the current bankruptcy law needed to better facilitate the financial reorganization of small business debtors. These reforms are embodied in the nonpartisan National Bankruptcy Conference as well as the American Bankruptcy Institute, one of the organizations that I belong to. H.R. 3311 strikes an important balance between heightened administrative oversight of these types of cases and provisions intended to streamline the bankruptcy organization process for small business debtors. Among the principal features of H.R. 3311 uh, are the requirement of the appointment of an individual to serve as the trustee in a small business chapter 11 case uh, to monitor the debtors reorganization process towards towards confirmation of the reorganization plan. In addition, it would authorize the court to confirm a plan over the objections of the debtors creditors under certain specified circumstances something that's foreign to the existing provision where you have to get at least one class of your creditors to go along with your reorganization plan. The bill also includes two provisions not limited to small business chapter 11 cases pertaining to the treatment of transfers of property by the debtor made before the filing of the bankruptcy case that are preferential to one creditor or small group of creditors and discriminatory to similarly situated creditors. The first provision will require the bankruptcy trustee to exercise reasonable due diligence before seeking to out to recover the preferential transfer. Again, this is to focus on, this is Selwyn talking. The trustee should not throw money against the wall if he, after she does her due diligence, she believes that the creditor that got the preference in quotation mark has a valid defense for it. And it also raised the amount that um, uh, that the um, uh, trustee uh, must consider before going after this preferential transfer. So uh, those are two additional uh, measures that will help streamline the subchapter five bankruptcy by eliminating a lot of the um, what, what the Congress perceived to be a uh, waste of time litigation. Now, when we come back, we'll continue today's topic, the new chapter 11, uh, subchapter five for small business debtors 
in the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019. But first, we're going to take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of today's topic, the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019 that took effect this past February 19th, 2020 at a bankruptcy court near you. Now, here are the major features of the new provision to the bankruptcy code that, it, again, it's subchapter five. Now, small businesses that are either individuals or organized artificial persons, that is to say corporations, including subchapter S corporations or limited liability companies, qualify as small business debtors if the business has no more than $2,725,625 worth of secured and unsecured debt combined at the time the business files the bankruptcy. And of that debt, at least 50% must have arisen from the debtor's commercial or business activity. So that means that, say, an individual um, could have half of the debt be focused on his or her business, and the other half could be for personal, uh, non-commercial business, and basically give the debtor an opportunity to deal with both kinds of debts. Currently, under the traditional Chapter 11, there are different sets of rules for individuals, small businesses, and what we know as regular big business debtors, such as, uh, say, PG&E or um, um, all of the various commercial entities that have filed for bankruptcy so far this year, large uh, Chapter 11s, a lot of retailers. Now, even with the existing expedited procedures for the already existing kind of small business debtors, it is still expensive and time-consuming to file for bankruptcy under Chapter 11, especially when compared to the expedited and mostly form-driven procedures that are in a Chapter 13, which is reserved for individuals, or a Chapter 12, which is reserved for small family farmers or small family fisher persons. Now, with the passage of the Small Business Reorganization Act of 2019, small business debtors who elect treatment under subchapter 5 of chapter 11 will be able to expeditiously obtain confirmation of their chapter 11 plan of reorganization. They will also obtain some additional incentives for electing treatment under subchapter 5 and will be subject to, again, trustee oversight. Small business cases under subchapter 5 of chapter 11 will, in many ways, be very similar to the chapter 12 or 13 that we talked about in previous weeks. Now, the most significant change to chapter 11 under the Small Business Reorganization Act include, as we've said, the appointment of a bankruptcy trustee. 
Now, currently, as we discussed in the last couple of weeks, a small business under Chapter 11 bankruptcy trustee is only appointed if the debtor who becomes the debtor in possession is abusing the bankruptcy system and any party, including the Office of the United States trustee or a creditor, files a motion and obtains a court order appointing a trustee to oversee the business. Now, under the new Small Business Reorganization Act, the bankruptcy trustee will automatically be appointed by the court to oversee the case and to assist the debtor in, you know, trying to get a consensual plan pushed through. Now, the trustee will also receive the payments from the debtor uh, and will disperse the payments to the creditors in accord with the plan if the debtor is not able to come up with a consensual, say, liquidating plan. Now, there's also changes in the deadline. Many of the deadlines contained in the new Small Business Reorganization Act are expedited to encourage efficient plan confirmation processes. After filing the case, the court will hold the first status conference no later than 60 days after the filing. A small business debtor under subchapter five must also file a public report with the court outlining the debtor's efforts to get a plan confirmed. The public report must also be filed no later than 14 days before that 60-day initial status conference. And the debtor has to file a plan no later than 90 days after the case has been filed. Now, this time frame is much shorter than the current Chapter 11 requirements, which offers a big Chapter uh, 11 debtor 300 days to file a case. And the time frame is also shorter than it is for individual or other big business debtors that have no deadline with which to file a plan. Now, the debtor who can file a plan in this new subchapter five under existing chapter 11 law for both traditional and the old version of a small business case, only debtors may file a plan during the limited time known as the exclusivity period. Currently a small business debtor uh, has an exclusivity period of 180 days while the traditional debtor's exclusivity period is 120 days. Now, after the debtor's exclusivity period expires, any party, including any of the debtor's creditors, may file a plan. And if the court confirms it, it will be binding on the debtor and all the other parties. Now, under the new Small Business Reorganization Act, only the debtor may propose a plan for reorganization. Period. End of story. End of line new paragraph. No other party may propose a plan for the debtor at any time. So, and also there's the ability to cram down on their creditors. Small business debtors that elect subchapter five treatment will have greater ability to confirm a plan over the objections of her creditors. And this is known as cramming down uh, the plan or cramming it down the throat of their creditors. Um, it basically it allows unsecured creditors to have to eat plan and you know even if they object it's too bad now how, how is this 
accomplished. The small business debtor under Chapter 5 may have the plan confirmed over the objection of her unsecured creditors as long as the plan is fair and equitable. Uh, these are terms of art. Under the new subchapter five, a fair and equitable plan must pay all projected disposable income of the debtor for the first three to five years of the plan. Now, this is a different definition of the term fair and equitable that's used under the big or, or the old lady chapter 11 under the current law, and it will be easier for the debtors to comply with. And it's also very similar to an individual case of a chapter 13 where plans are limited to five years at a maximum. And unlike the existing chapter 11, which has no limit on the duration. Okay. Now, also another key provision is that the new chapter 11, subchapter five, brings on the death, or maybe I should better say the conversion to the zombie status of something known as the absolute priority rule. Now, a cornerstone concept in the predecessor existing Chapter 11 reorganization is something called the absolute priority rule, which states that a debtor may not, over the objection of an impaired senior class creditor, receive or retain under the plan any property or interest on account of a junior creditor unless she, the debtor, ponies up new value. Now, the absolute priority rule prevents a debtor from discharging liabilities of lower tiered creditors while retaining property. Think of it like a big business um, reorganization. What happens is the equity holders lose and in a large amount of instances, creditors become the new equity holders in the reorganized bankruptcy. So um, they, that was the case unless the debtor put in something known as new value. That's new money um, from mama, from grandma, from grandpa. Something new, a new stake, a new grub stake in the reorganize, reorganized business such that now... Um, you know, there's something for the the rest of the company to sink their teeth in. Now, under the new um, uh, Small Business Reorganization Act, the new value provision is recognized via the sweat equity that the debtor is going to throw off by making planned payments for those three to five years. And so that permits the debtor's new value and therefore, she can retain her interest in the asset, even where she may receive a discharge from some of her downstream creditors. Now, this is a very, very, very exciting. And um, I, I, I am just really excited about this new uh, bankruptcy process because I've heard from so many of you who need to reorganize, but you can't, in your perception, believe that you can pay for it and it's time consuming. And as um, the American Bankruptcy Institute indicates, only a quarter of cases that are filed under the existing, well, that's not the proper term, under the old Chapter 11, that means 75% of the individuals that filed under the old one, they got bumped 
kicked to the curb and they didn't get their plan confirmed. It is hoped that this new uh, Small Business Reorganization Act will up the ante and make it easier for businesses who might not have a lot of money to have an opportunity to reorganize their debt. So if that's the case, you might want to get in touch with me or another reputable bankruptcy attorney to see if we can help you revitalize your business. Now, with that said, I'm going to leave it there for now. But as always here in closing, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, especially when that law might help us keep our business afloat and help us take care of our families and our employees. So till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 